right, let's get it started. Happy Tuesday. Happy first day of the NHL regular season. It is finally here. We are just a few hours away from the NHL schedule. Kicking off for real when the Nashville Predators travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Lightning. We are one day away from the Calgary Flames season beginning. Their home opener on Wednesday, welcoming in the Winnipeg Jets. Perfect time for a little NHL preview show. Welcome along to Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon along with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Yes, it's going to be a full look around the NHL as we're kicking it off for real tonight. Division predictions of the Pacific Division and the Central Division coming up. Atlantic, Metro, we're going to tell you who we think are locks for playoff spots on night one of the NHL, plus some NHL awards and some Flames awards. MVP, top scorer, top defenseman. We'll get into all of that as the show goes on. Feel free to shoot us a text at 960-960. Give us your predictions as the NHL season gets underway. The regular season kicking off with the Nashville Predators at Tampa Bay. We've got Chicago and Pittsburgh. Bedard v. Crosby round one. And the defending Stanley Cup champions raise their banner tonight. It's the battle of the two newest expansion teams in NHL history. It's the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights closing things out on Sportsnet. Excited for today's program. We'll get into the Calgary Flames in just a few moments here, but we're alongside my outstanding producers, Cam and Taylor. They're going to be throwing in their predictions as well. Uh, Cam, second NHL season for you here. Are you excited for tonight? I am. Time uh, time flies by, but I'm excited to go into the season and hopefully know a little bit more of what I'm talking about compared to last year. Uh, and Taylor, you got sucked into bringing Cam into a fantasy draft for which he didn't show up to. How disappointed are you with your co-producer over there? Very disappointed. Which isn't new. No. Just That's keeping, just keeping it, it together. You guys got your predictions ready? You ready for today? I think so. Taylor, do you think that last time we did predictions, we did, I don't remember which ones we did. Playoffs. Playoffs. And you dominated that. We even had Alex Brody. That's how long ago it was. We had Brody on the beat as Ooh. part of that. Exactly. Ooh. Ooh. I remember that guy. Yeah. So we'll get into all the divisions. We'll do some NHL and some Flames Awards uh, coming up in just a few moments. But... Let's start with those Calgary Flames. We are, of course, the home of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet. Uh, 960 The Fan. News over the weekend as roster finalization began. The Flames have a new member, if you haven't heard already. A.J. Greer was claimed off of waivers from Boston. Five goals, 12 points in 61 games with the Bruins last season. He was originally a second-round selection of the Colorado Avalanche. as NHL time. With the Devils, Avs, and Bruins as a $762,000 cap hit. He is a UFA at the end of the season. Was it at six foot three, 209 pounds? He's a left shot, left winger who turns 27 in December. He is part of the Flames lineup that will hit the ice on Wednesday against the Winnipeg Jets. Here's how 
The Flames' lines and pairings looked this morning with A.J. Greer in the fold. Your top line, Huberto, Lindholm, Dubé, Sharon Govich with Kadri and Coronado, Andrew Mangiapane, Michael Backlund, Blake Coleman, A.J. Greer sliding in on the fourth line with Adam Ruzicka and Walker Dewar, Dryden Hunt operating as your extra forward. As for the defense pairings, Hannafin with Anderson, Zadorov with Uyghur, Osterley with Tanev, while Dennis Gilbert operated as the extra defenseman. Jacob Markstrom, of course, and Dan Vladar, your goaltending tandem to start the year. The other piece of news Flames fans were excited to hear this morning, Matt Coronado was working with the top power play unit on Tuesday. So the top power play unit looking like uh, Coronado, Huberto, Lindholm, Kandri, with Rasmus Anderson running things from the point. That, of course, changed things up a bit on the second unit. That means Dubé was with Backlund, Manjapani, and Ruzichka with Hannafin and Uyghur, both getting reps as that uh, unit's top D-man. So, interesting. Coronado has not seen time with Huberto and Lindholm as far as five-on-five lines go, but he has now seen, uh, and perhaps to start the season, will begin on the top power play unit as the Flames practice to get ready for their home and season opener on Wednesday against the Winnipeg Jets. Yes, the Jets also with some massive news heading into uh, the season. You've probably heard by now that Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck have re-upped on matching contracts with the Winnipeg Jets, so they're there long-term. Pierre-Luc Dubois was traded in the offseason, but the Jets wind up keeping Shifley and Hellebuck. We'll dive more into that tomorrow on a game day when we dive into our uh, look at the opposition, the Winnipeg Jets. But it certainly changes the course of Winnipeg's season and will certainly change the narrative heading into our first game for the Calgary Flames. Let's get into our first set of predictions. We're going to be doing all things NHL preview show uh, on the program today. We're starting with, of course, the Pacific Division and the Central Division, both of them in the Western Conference. Of course, the Pacific Division home to your Calgary Flames. You can chime in on the conversation, 960-960. With your predictions, we're going to go with division winners and playoff teams. Last year, the Central Division was won by the Colorado Avalanche with 109 points. The Vegas Golden Knights, who would win the Stanley Cup, won the Western Conference and the Pacific Division, finishing with 111 points. The Flames falling just short of a playoff spot with 93 points in 82 games. Cam and Taylor alongside me. You guys ready to go with our first round of predictions? Ready to go, buddy. All right, let's rock it out. Uh, We're going to start, of course, with the Pacific Division. That's where the Calgary Flames reside. Let's go in opposite order. We will start from the bottom and work our way up. So we'll start with number eight. Taylor, you get the distinction of starting off the Pacific Division. Who is your number eight seed this season? I have San Jose. Uh, That's a pretty good one. I think that's going to be most. I agree. I also have San Jose. Cam, who did you go with? I mean, is there any other option? Than San Jose. I mean, you for could, the worst. In the you could pick Pacific. Anaheim. Anaheim's has, gonna be bad, but no, I don't think anyone's gonna like San Jose is gonna be. Got Carlson. They've got Leo Carlson. 
That's worth San something. Jose, San Jose is going to be really bad. San Jose is going to be really bad. Uh, we are unanimous. The San Jose Sharks will finish in eighth spot in the Pacific Division. They had 60 points in 82 games last season. Taylor, you're number seven. Anaheim. Fair. Fair. I, I have a feeling this is going to be unanimous as well. Cam? I've also got Anaheim. Good team. Coming up, you mentioned Carlson, Cam. I think that's a good pick. I, I think that they're going to get better, but let's be honest, it's still not. Give them, give them a few years and not a contending. Then there'll be something. This is where I think things will start to get interesting. Um, the Pacific Division, well, maybe not world beaters and full of Stanley Cup contenders. I think have a case for at least a couple, four, five, maybe playoff teams in this. Uh, so let's start with number six, Taylor. Who did you put? In the sixth spot in the Pacific Division. I went with Vancouver. Vancouver. Okay. Cameron? I've got the Kings. Wow. I just don't have that much that much faith in them this year. Big move from the Kings to bring in uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois this year. Yeah. And Cam's not buying it. I'm not a believer. Cam, we're going to go with the LA Kings. I'm with Taylor, which will probably not make Taylor very happy because when I follow Taylor's lead, it usually winds up with both of us being. I just don't see Vancouver being much different than they were last year, if that makes any sense. They're, I think there's a good team there. Like If Thatcher Demko is a Vesna-caliber goaltender, perhaps we're talking about a different team, but... I don't know. It just kind of feel. I'm kind of with Taylor. It just kind of feel like a, an okay team, right, Tay? Well, I feel like there's a lot of drama around this team for the past, or I guess last season and still a little bit this season. And there haven't been many changes to the roster. So I don't, I don't know what to make of this team right now. Uh, I'm with you there. So uh, Cam kicks the Kings at six in the Pacific. Uh, me and Taylor go with the Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver finished with 83 points in 82 games last year with a negative 22 goal differential. Uh, Taylor, five in the Pacific Division. I'm going Calgary. Calgary. Whew. Cameron. I've got the Kraken at five. The Kraken at five. That is also where I go. I have the Seattle Kraken at five. I feel like... They, I, again, I like the pieces. I just don't know that they repeat a hundred point season again. They're going to be a little bit better than last year, but a hundred point season. I don't know. We'll see. I think it's going to be better. Some career years. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so Taylor has Calgary coming in at five. Me and Cam, we go with the Seattle Kraken. Taylor, who do you have at four? The Kraken. The Kraken. Okay. Cam. At four, I've got the Flames. That's also where I have the Flames. Oh, I like it. I feel like that's a fair spot for this team. Yeah. I I, I don't... I, I think Vegas and Edmonton were talking about teams that are further ahead than, you know, as far as establishing themselves as playoff teams the last couple of seasons. Obviously, Vegas won the Stanley Cup. Um, last year, and I think are going to be in it again with a very similar roster. I, I like. I mean, 
I don't know, Taylor, you had him at five, four is not much of a, a, a difference in the division. Like we're talking points that separate guy, uh, teams in these sort of spots. I don't feel like that's a, uh, as far as I go, they're a playoff team. But winning the division, I think, is going to be hard for this team this year. Yeah, I mean, I, there's been a lot of changes, but also not a lot of changes to the Flames. And I just don't know how that's going to translate. Like, Huska has been part of this team for a few years. He's coached Anderson through his entire like major career. But how is is it going to be that big of a change from last season? We'll have to find out. That's the big question is, you're right. The team hasn't changed much. How much do vibes in a better working environment actually play out for the Calgary Flames? We will wait and see. So our top three in the Pacific Division, these teams are guaranteed playoff spots. Uh, of course, if you finish top three in your division, you're in the playoffs. Uh, Taylor, your number three spot in the Pacific Division is? Edmonton. Edmonton. What? Wow. Okay. Cam okay. is stunned. I'm I'm a little bit stunned. Cam is stunned. Cam, who do you have at three? I've got the Canucks at three. I th- I think we see career years out of Pedersen and out of Hughes, and I think that is enough to get you the third in the Pacific. I have the LA Kings. Spicy at three. Now, as Matt and Cochran on the fan feedback line points out, I. <laughs> I think this is a good hockey team. The goaltending scares the life out of me because it's so easy to have a season go sideways with bad goaltending, no matter how good your team is. And I don't know that Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley making a combined $2.5 million really inspires me, but I like the rest of the roster. There's a good mix of young guys I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be pretty motivated to be that team's future number one center. Uh, I still think Quentin Byfield's a good young prospect. I think the LA Kings um, take a step forward this year. I mean, is it taking a step forward? They finished third in the Pacific last year, but I could see this team being uh, a really strong contender in the Pacific Division if the goaltending holds out, which is a major, major question mark. So we all go different in the third spot. Taylor goes Edmonton, Cam goes Vancouver, and I'm going with the L.A. Kings. Taylor, who do you got number two? L.A. The L.A. Kings. So you feel equally good about L.A. like I do. Here's the thing is I think that L.A. has the better defense over Edmonton, and I think that they have the better scoring depth. And I know that we've said, or everybody says, that Edmonton has no depth and that but they've added a little bit, but they haven't added much. Like there's not really anything besides McDavid and Dreisaitl. Plus you have the uncertainty of is Campbell going to bounce back? Is Stewart going to fall? What is this goaltending going to do? And I think that I just have more faith in Cam Talbot than I do in Jack Campbell. Fair enough. I can't blame you for that. Uh, Cam, number two in the Pacific Division will be? Got your your Stanley Cup champ, Vegas Golden Knights, coming in at two this year. The Vegas Golden Knights. That's also where I go for number two. Um, Again, not much change. They made some moves to keep some guys like Ivan Barbashev around. Um, Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson appear to be your 
goaltending tandem to start the year. They're still dealing with injuries. Um, Alec Martinez, Zach Whitecloud, Robin Lehner all dealing with it, but back are the likes of Alex Petrangelo, Shea Weber, or not Shea Weber, excuse me, Shea Theodore, Braden McNabb. Um, it's just a deep team. I think another year of, of Jack Eichel as a premier number one center for this team keeps them in contention for sure. And I think it's going to be very close between them and whoever finishes atop the Pacific Division. So, Taylor, that leaves just one team for you. Your Pacific Division champs 2023-2024 will be? Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas Golden Knights. So, Cam, that leaves you with Ed- me and you with Edmonton, correct? That's right, buddy. Vegas, hey? No Stanley Cup hangover for you, Tay? I don't think so because they're Logan Thompson is now healthy and ready to go, hopefully, for this entire season. And he was phenomenal last season. And I think that not having a rotation of 27 goalies again <laughs> is is going to be big for them. And I, they haven't changed a lot, but the it's still the Vegas Golden Knights. And I don't think you can ever count them out of anything. Yeah, they've been contenders since they set foot in the NHL. And you're right. They are returning most of a Stanley Cup lineup. Uh, Stanley Cup winning lineup, and uh, like I said, I don't have much between number one and number two. I could see Vegas easily being the top team in the division once again. The only reason that I have Edmonton where they are is because a season of Matthias Ekholm, I think, is going to help them. Again, I don't know that this pushes them over to being Stanley Cup contender, Last year, I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins hitting the 100-point mark. We know Connor McDavid went absolutely bananas when it came to points. I don't know if he can top 153 points in 82 games. We know they're going to score, but now it's been, okay, now Jack Campbell's all of a sudden had the better training camp, and you're right, Taylor. It's been a bit of a mixed bag for goaltending in Edmonton the last couple of years. Uh, I think it's enough to be the regular season Pacific Division champions. Uh, but I do think Vegas is going to be a, a major factor in it. And Cam, obviously, you like the Oilers as well. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's a, star, it's a star-driven league. Star power wins you games. And eventually, I think star power will win you a Stanley Cup. I think surely this is the year for Edmonton. But I've been wrong before about them too. So we'll see what happens. It's uh, like the Leafs all over again. Surely the Leafs will yeah. advance. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> sounds like Cam's Leafs all over again. Um, but we'll get to those predictions a little bit later on. So in the Pacific Division, the top three, um, but all three of us have the Flames finishing outside the top three of the division. Taylor has the Flames finishing fifth. Me and Cam have the Flames finishing fourth. Uh, Vegas, the top team for Taylor in the Pacific Division. Uh, me and Cam have the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, finishing on top this year. Some of your texts at 960-960. Chime in with your own takes at 960-960. Let us know who you, fe- who you think is going to win the Pacific Division or any of the divisions that we preview uh, here on today's show. This one simply says, go Canucks, go. Hoorah. Hoorah. Something like that. Uh, Mick says, Logan, your predictions are correct. The oil will win the cup. That's my prediction. This one says, Taylor schooling you. Boy, that wouldn't be new. Yeah, it's not a first time. I know what happens with Taylor every now and then. Uh, every now and then. Okay, it's a lot. <laughs> uh, Matt and Cocker, of course. I didn't have the Kings that low, but I didn't have them as a playoff team. Don't think their goaltending is good enough to get them there. That'll be the big question for the LA Kings, no doubt, as the season gets underway. Good team, but 
Phoenix Copley, Cam Talbot. We'll see how that works out. Uh, over to the Central Division. Again, the Colorado Avalanche, 109 points. They finished atop the, uh, the Central last year, second only to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, let's start it off at number eight and work our way up once again. Cam, you get to start off the Central Division. Who is finishing number eight in the Central? I think it's the Blackhawks. I think as as good as Bedard will be, I, that it's just not a full team yet. It will get there, but for now, I just I see him at the bottom. Taylor, any disagreement? Nope, not one. No, nope. uh, Connor Bedard is going to be really good and enjoy that, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of wins uh, in year number one. All three of us have the Chicago Blackhawks finishing eighth in the Central Division. Uh, Cam, number seven. Got the Coyotes at seven. Think they're they're trending in the right direction. I think they're adding a few more pieces will go a long way. But I think Logan Cooley is going to be the key to them, either staying at seven or working their way up. Taylor seven, Arizona. Arizona. I like the Coyotes more than both of you do. I have Nashville uh, falling to seven in the Central. I did not like the Preds off season. Um, they've kind of run it back with the with a couple of different faces, and I'm just not sure that Ryan O'Reilly and Luke Shen are going to suddenly turn the Predators into the contenders that they hoped to be when it was Matt Duchesne and, and Ryan Johansson. I like those players. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know that at 32, Ryan O'Reilly's your number one center to play with with Philip Forsberg, um, the D gets a little bit older. Um, and again, I just, I didn't like their off season all that much. I think Nashville takes a significant step back this year. They're going to be my seven, uh, there, uh, six, uh, cam six. I have, I'm going to, I initially, I wrote the blues, but I think I'm actually going to put the breads there and I'll spoil my five because my five is going to be the blues, but I agree with you. I don't like, you you have UC Saros, and you have a few pieces, but it's I don't think it's enough. Like you said, the off season was not great for them. Uh, Taylor, who you have at six? I also have Nashville. Nashville. Uh, I have St. Louis at six. Another team whose off season I I just didn't like all that much. I think Braden Shen's a good choice for captain. Uh, there was some dissent with them trying to move out Tory Krug. He wasn't interested in doing that. Their D gets another year older, and they're all 30 years plus. That's a pretty old gold uh, decor now in, in St. Louis. I just, I'm done trusting Jordan Bennington. Um, he's only in the news when he does something silly and starts swinging his stick at players, not because he's been a good goaltender. It's been a pretty big drop-off for him in play since they won that Stanley Cup. Really good young players like Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas, I, I think are guys that are going to be the future of the St. Louis Blues. But just overall, I don't see this being uh, the same Blues that won a Stanley Cup just a few years ago. Uh, we go to number five. Cam, you spoiled yours and said St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, so Taylor, we'll go to you. We, I think we forgot four. No, we're going five. Okay. Um, well, my five, I have Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Okay. Uh, I have Arizona at five. Really? I do. I like the, I, there's something about Arizona that I like. I just, 
the I, mullet buff. Logan Cooley is going to be a beast this year. Um, I, just, I think they come in with no expectations. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. I think they could be around it. But I, I like Sean Dursey there. Uh, like I said, I like Logan Cooley a lot. I think Clayton Keller takes another step forward. They've brought in a couple veteran guys to sort of help the depth out on the roster with like a Jason Zucker in there now. So Alex Kerfoot, I think, is a nice depth piece for an organization like that. So, yeah, I've got Arizona at five. Uh, four teams left to go. Uh, Cam, who do you have at four? I've got the Jets at four. I think they made a really good call to obviously extend Hellebuck and Shifley. Um, but losing Dubois was pretty big for them. I haven't taken a bit of a step back from last year and ending fourth. Uh, Taylor at four. Uh, St. Louis. St. Louis. You like the Blues more than I do. I don't. I don't like them necessarily. Okay. But I think that Bennington, it, although again he's not the greatest of goalies, I think that he's still a little bit better than what we're going to expect. And plus, they just added Kevin Hayes. Although that's not going to do much, they still have Robert Thomas, who is just continuing to increase his production every year. Uh, quickly here, top three for the Central Division this season. Uh, we all have the same three teams. We just need to see what order they go in. Uh, Cam, at number three, you have? Got the Wild. Minnesota. I believe in Gustafson, and I believe in uh, Kaprizov. Kaprizov. Yep. Kaprizov. I believe in those Tomato, two guys. Tomato. I think they'll take a step forward. Taylor? I also have Minnesota. I also have Minnesota at three. Uh, the top two, uh, Cam at two. Got the Avs. Kale McCarr is going to be a beast. But uh, they're not as good as another team out in that division. Taylor? I have Dallas. Dallas. Okay. Uh, I have Colorado as well. So that means, Cam, your top team is Dallas. That's right. Yours is ta- uh, Taylor staying Colorado. Yep. And I'm going to have the Stars overtaking them again this year. They only finished a point apart last season. So. I just think that Georgiev has settled a little bit more than last season. So. And look, the Avs were dealing with a lot of injuries last season. First round exit to Seattle. They won't be happy about that. They know they're entering the season without Gabriel Landeskog, which is unfortunate, but. They've went out and made some interesting moves. Drew Ann's in town. He's back with his buddy, Nate McKinnon. Ross Colton comes over from Tampa Bay. I could see Colorado repeating as, as a division champ for sure. Okay, so as we go, we have our top teams. Obviously, the top three in each division make the playoffs. That means we have two more playoff spots to give out. Who gets your other two playoff spots uh, out of either division? Uh, Taylor first. I have Seattle and Calgary. Seattle and Calgary. So Pacific will bring five for you. Cam, who are your playoff teams? Oh, it's close. But I, I, I agree with Tay. I think it's going to be Calgary and, and Seattle coming out. Uh, I have Calgary as the four in the Pacific, and Winnipeg will be the extra Pacific or the extra playoff team out of the Central Division. Okay. I like it. Uh, so that's our. Western Conference division predictions. We have the Atlantic and the Metro coming up in just a few moments. We'll do that to kick off hour two. 
Uh, and then we'll have our NHL awards, Flames individual awards coming up as well. You can throw yours in at 960-960. The fan feedback line is always open to you here on Sportsnet today. When we come back, we'll check in our Tuesday regular first chat of the year as the NHL season gets underway with Bick Nazar from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. That's next here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. The NHL regular season kicks off in just a few hours. Three games on the schedule, including Connor McDavid, or excuse me, Connor Bedard. almost said Connor McDavid. Connor Bedard taking on Sidney Crosby for the first time. We've got the Battle of the Expansion Team, Seattle and Vegas, Nashville, Tampa Bay, and of course, uh, the game that we're looking forward to Wednesday night, the home and season opener for the Calgary Flames as they welcome in the Winnipeg Jets. You also got the Oilers at the Canucks to kick things off for both of those squads. Speaking of Vancouver, very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and guest uh, Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to welcome in our pal from Vancouver, Sportsnet 650's own Bick Nazar joining us for his regular Tuesday chats. What's up, Bick? How are you, pal? Happy Hockey Day. Excited for it, pal? I'm pumped, man. I mean, it, it, it's official for us tomorrow, but uh, yeah. it, it's nice to be to, to be nice strolling into the house later today and just turn on Sportsnet. You, you know there's going to be a game there. Uh, what's the vibe like in Vancouver since training camp wrapped up? It seems like there's uh, the usual bit of drama being dropped on the 32 Thoughts podcast. There's a waiver claim or trade, I should say, that has caught some Canucks fans' eyes. What's uh, the vibe like been the last couple of days as you get ready for the Home opener tomorrow. So I was here last week talking to Peter, and I said, well, it was, it was such an interesting offseason. Like, it was calm. I, I could take vacation calmly and not worry that I was going to get called back. And then Elliot has decided, hey, let's just ruin Vancouver all over again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, since, since Monday, it's been far more interesting. Uh, we got Pedersen comments. We got Garland's uh, switching agents. Uh, so in the last six days, things have obviously changed quite a bit and obviously a trade uh, thrown in there. But uh, – I thought we would ease into the season and all the focus would be on the ice because there's so much emphasis on what the team has to do to start the season, uh, but that that hasn't materialized at all. Was there always this worry heading into the season that that the Elias Pettersson contract would sort of hang over the season if a deal didn't get done? Yes and no. Again, for me, like I I use the phrase all the time, um, let's act like we've been through a superstar negotiation before because – we know like both teams are going to plant their markers and it's just going to be this slow grind to get towards the middle. And, you know, Patrick Ovines, again, he reinforced it today. Uh, it was adamant. I was like, Hey, we have two years to solve this. It's not just this season. Um, now, you know, from the Pedersen camp, they can always pull the, you know, Hey, well, we got one year left on this deal. And we've seen what other players around the league can do when they're restricted free agents uh, and they have the leverage. So like there, there's going to be drama. I've always just kind of sat in the spot of until I feel confident that a real, like, substantial offer was put in front of Elias Pettersson, and he says no. Until we get to that stage, I'm not going to get too concerned about it. Everything else is just posturing until until then. Uh, like, for instance, we just saw Rasmus Dahlin sign for $88 million. Well, Rasmus Dahlin, as far as competitive reasons to, to have gripes, has every the same gripe Elias Pettersson should have. Buffalo's not had success. Vancouver's not had success. He's got every reason to. But when you put $88 million in front of somebody, you're likely going to see a yes. So until we get a stage where Elias Pettersson is openly and we know saying no to $90 million, I'm, I'm less concerned. What's the situation with Garland? Is, it, is this just a guy that's ready to move on from Vancouver? 
Oh, it's it's not surprising to me. I know it's now public, but you know Jim Rutherford at the start of season press conference mentioned openly that there's still two contracts that they want to move. Now we know the Tyler Myers one is the obvious one that stands out. He's in the last year of his deal, um, and it's six million dollars, and it predates them. Now they signed the Brock Besser one, but we know last year at some point, you know Brock Besser. And his agent talked openly about trying to find a trade for him. But, you know, they've backed Brock Besser at any chance they've gotten. They obviously gave him this deal. Uh, they, they, they were kind of put into a corner in negotiating it. But nevertheless, they're the ones that are happy to give him 6.65 for three years. The Garland one is the other one that predates them. So hearing this today, uh, him, him switching his agent and just kind of confirmation that they've tried to move him is, is hardly a, a surprise because, again, we're, we're a month removed from, from Jim Rutherford mentioning that there's two contracts on the books that they want to move. The two that always stood out were Connor Garland and Tyler Myers. It's just, I, I just don't see a, a pathway to actually get this resolved. Like, I, I'm sure Connor Garland's frustrated. You know, he came here essentially to play in a top six role. That's how he was sold as by Jim Benning and, and, and that regime. He, he gets a chance with Elias Pettersson. But, you know, this new regime has come in. They've tried to make changes. He finds himself on the third line where he had success last year. Like he, he was kind of the play driver on that third line and just kind of did what Connor Garland does. It's, it can almost write in, in stone now that he's going to get 40 points in, in whatever role you kind of put him in. But you look at it and say, like, there's, we've mentioned this a lot on the air and uh, my colleague Satyar Shaw put it out again today. He's owed $17 million in cash for the next three years. And if you just look at the free agent market that we just went through, there's only four forwards that got more than that. And to me, it, like this is more of a contract problem than it is a is Connor Garland good problem. He, he he produces. It's just how many teams are lining up to put seventeen million dollars for a middle six winger. I, I just I just don't know. When you look at this Canucks team as a whole, Bick, where where do you see them? Where's the expectations for this team as it comes to maybe the Pacific Division and and where they finished last year? I know it was a disappointing end to last season, but like you mentioned, it was a rare, quiet off-season in Vancouver, and a lot of this roster was here last year. Make the playoffs is the expectation. By hook or by crook, right? Like, yeah. how do you actually do it? Make the playoffs. Like, you, you can't go trade a first for Philip Peronik, uh, go make the investment in Ian Cole and a Carson Soucy, uh, re-sign Kuzmenko, and then even yesterday, like, go trade a fifth-rounder for Sam Lafferty. Uh, do all these things. Like, these are the moves of a regime that says to itself, we have to make the playoffs. And, and you mentioned the Pedersen thing. Like, that hinges a great deal on this as well. Um, I, I think there's a different context of putting $90 million in front of Elias Pedersen when you're poised to make the playoffs versus putting $90 million and you're, you're poised to once again miss the playoffs. Like, that, that, that's fair to wonder in that scenario, and they've kind of laid it all out to stake for this year. But like, I, my expectation is they are incredibly competitive and if, that, if at that stage you put 90 million dollars in front of Pedersen he signs but we'll see if that materializes based on what they should be doing um the death pieces they've added like oh Teddy Bluger uh looks like he fits a lot better P.U. Suter looks like he's fit really well uh so far through preseason Ian Cole every time he steps on the ice it, it just feels like the, the the flow of play stabilizes and they've recently tried out this Hughes-Ronick pairing, and you can see it can tilt the ice really easily for them. So I, I think for the first time in a lot of years, uh, Logan, I would say like I, I'm, I'm mutedly excited for what this team could be. Like Even last year, uh, I knew they would be volatile. It's just a matter of which one hits first. Do you go hot first or do you go cold first? And, and they went cold, and they never really recovered. Uh, we're doing our uh, division previews today, obviously, on the eve of the mm. 
uh, of the season beginning tonight. And I'm curious how you see the Pacific Division stacking up. It's where both teams that we cover uh, align. And it feels pretty simple. And most of the ones that I've read, most of the ones that we've done, San Jose, Anaheim sit at the bottom. And then past that, the other six teams could give you a, a variance of different results in playoff teams. How do you see the Pacific in as far as it being a, a strong division in the NHL to try to be a playoff team in? Yeah, you know, obviously the, the Pacific has slowly been gaining momentum as like one of the most uh, preeminent divisions in the league because obviously like McDavid comes to the division, Dry Settle emerges, Eichel comes in the division, Kopitar, Doughty stay uh, as good as they are. You know, Kachuk was in the division, but that, he moves on. But like Patterson and Hughes, like slowly like the the Pacific Division has been amassing talent, and it, it suddenly makes it really tough to project because there's not a defined uh, group to me. Like I, I, I do think Vegas and Edmonton will, will will clear beyond everyone, but honestly, like if if one of McDavid Drysaddle missed 25 games, like what's the floor to that team? Yeah, no, it's a good point. Right? And, and 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 we're not even talking like half the season. I'm just talking one of them missing yep. 20 to 25 games, and then. You know the, the LA Kings. I, I feel like they've they've pushed themselves to a spot where they they cash in on a bunch of prospects. Now I feel like they've given up some depth, and it's not as if they have secure goaltending either. And like we're all waiting for this wave of you know Turcotte, uh, Bjornfot is going to be in that lineup. Brand Clark is going to be in the lineup, and all these guys. And you know to, to show for it, they have uh, Quinton Byfield on a line with. Uh, Andre Kopitar, to me, that's that's still the Kopitar line, not the <laughs> Byfield line. Yeah, and and they have like Arthur Kalia. So I'm just curious, like, I, I I think there's a spot here for Seattle, Vancouver, Calgary to try to grab the LA Kings potentially, but it, it is hard to see like any one of those three Pacific Division teams slipping out. And, and to be honest, if you go across the league, actually, how many of the three division seeds from each of the the, the division last year do you see slipping out? Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, like maybe Minnesota, yeah, maybe Boston a bit if things don't go well there, but even that's, that's probably the, the one you're right. I don't like New Jersey's not that's taking like a, a step back decline, though, right? Like if, well, yeah, exactly. Right. It's hard to, I'd love to say they would, but you're, I'm with you. You're right. That's, they won the president's trophy last year. Yeah. It's just a steep drop out and it feels like a bunch of teams are fighting for these wild card spots. Uh, if you had to pick a, a Pacific Division winner, who would you go with this at this point? Who's the favorite oh going goodness. in? I, I think you just have to say Edmonton, right? Like, not everyone has ninety-seven and twenty-nine. As much as we can say, like, if one thing goes wrong, it it it, it falls apart. I, I just think, like, the way they've been chipping, and I know they're chippy in general, um, but like through two games here uh, against Vancouver in the preseason. They were, to me, it felt like a team that's trying to be serious from day one. That they know what this is about now. They've they've gone through enough losses in the playoffs that they're they're trying to switch on a mentality that we have to win the the, the West, and, and not even just in the playoffs. Like we have to have number one seed. Everything comes through us in the West, and that to me is a team I'm trying, I'm picking not just to win the Pacific, but to to be the number one seed in the West. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. We'll get a first look at both of those teams tomorrow as you guys uh, host Edmonton this season over. Big, always appreciate the time, man. Uh, looking forward to our chats again this season, pal. Take care. Take care. Awesome. Big Nazar joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. 
Pacific Division preview, taking a look at the Canucks. They are opening up their season, same as the Flames, at home Wednesday night, except they'll welcome in the Edmonton Oilers. Flames, of course, welcoming in the Winnipeg Jets. Our Flames pregame gets going at 7 o'clock with Pat Steinberg. He's got your Flames pregame show. Derek Wills and Megan Nicholson for the first time this year during a regular season game. It's a late one on a Wednesday, 8 p.m. puck drop, Flames and the Winnipeg Jets. There's been lots of talk uh, about this man since he got claimed off of waivers on the weekend. Let's hear from the newest member of the Calgary Flames, A.J. Greer. He comes over from the Boston Bruins. He was skating on a line with Adam Ruzicka and Walker Dewar at practice and could very well make his Flames debut on Wednesday night. Let's hear from A.J. Greer, his first time chatting with the Calgary media on this Tuesday. Nothing quite like coming in hot the day before a game or the day before the day before a game. How excited are you now that you're here and you're meeting the guys and, and looking forward to tomorrow's uh, season opener? Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, to you know, a club with a lot of tradition and history and um, you know, I've, I've had a warm welcome from uh, the staff, the, the management and the players, so super excited to get things going and, and just uh, show what I could do and, and get the W. It's completely crazy, though. I mean, you spend one training camp preparing to play with one team, and then all of a sudden you're told, hey, you're flying across the continent to a totally different place and culture and country to play somewhere else? Yeah. Um, I got the call at 2, two o'clock, 2.30, and then I was on uh, I was on a plane at 6. I had to drive across the city to get my bag. Boston traffic's pretty bad, so. Um, and I also got pulled over for not having a registration sticker on my car. <laughs> So just just so happened. Uh, so I asked the cop if he knew anyone at the airport that could get me through security quicker, and he said no. Uh, <laughs> Did he give you a break? Uh, no, he gave me a warning. He gave me a warning. He was nice. Yep, yep. Um, no, but uh, to 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 be be Boston Bruin was a privilege, and and to live in that city, and to to have my wife, and and we're expecting a child in 20 weeks. Um, it was it was an honor, and and it's a great city to live in, but. Uh, Again, it's business, and um, things happen quick. And I'm just, I'm just here to uh, to provide what I can do to to make this team better. And uh, I know that I can and have a positive impact uh, on this club. What's been communicated to you about what they want from you? Honestly, just to, to go out and play my game. I'm a power forward. I bring energy. Uh, I can play on both ends of the ice, defensively, offensively, and and be able to uh, to to make guys around me better um, and and to, to play a, a safe and sound a reliable game so um, anything to win and um, yeah, I will bring that energy uh, and I'll be I'll be uh, I'll be out there and I'll give my 110 percent every time I step on the ice AJ what's the roller coaster like going from being on waivers in that period of uncertainty to a team going another way to pick you up and the declaration that they want you what's that sort of emotional roller coaster like for a player it definitely is a, an emotional roller coaster because you don't know where you're going um, you don't know where you stand. You, you're trying to figure out what you did wrong. Um, but essentially, it, it really is, like I said, a business. And certain things need to be done. Um, I, I can't emphasize how much uh, you know, the city of Boston means to me just because I went there um, in university. Uh, I played in New Hampshire uh, in prep school. And just the whole city uh, was great to me and my family. So... Um, it was definitely it was hard because you you know you want to get picked up you want to stay in the league and you want to uh, prove that that you you know you deserve to be here and uh, getting that call was definitely a relief and especially coming to Calgary is 
is uh, very, very exciting for myself and, and especially for my family, both on and off the ice. It's going to be a great adventure that we're ready to, to attack. That's what excites you about this opportunity here? Um, the opportunity to have a clean slate and really prove that I can have an impact um, in this league and, and you know, bring everything that I've accumulated in these last few years with different teams. I've played on Colorado, the Islanders, Jersey, Boston, and, and you know, um, take that, that experience and bring it to here and, and learn from these guys. We have a great team. Um, we, we have great, great players, a lot of uh, old players and young players that I think can, can really push the needle. And um, I'm very excited to see uh, what's the product uh, that's going to be on the ice tomorrow night because, you know, you look at around the locker room, there's a lot of guys that, you know, are, are star players there. So. When, when you look around this locker room, do you have any familiar relationships? Did you have anyone coming in or was this pretty fresh and pretty cool? No, I know a few guys. Um, I've played in the summer in a summer league with Weegs, uh, played with uh, Zadorov in Colorado. Um, Nas was there my last year. And... Um, Worked out with uh, Nas and, and Manji in Toronto in the offseason. So um, Sharon Govich in, in New Jersey. Um, and then just familiar faces from playing against each other and kind of um, that that whole like opponent relationship. You know, you always uh, tend to, to go talk to those guys and, and, and kind of relate uh, on who you played with, who you, uh, who you like and stuff. So <laughs> You were six in the league in penalty minutes. So fair to say you enjoy the, the physical side of the game? Um, it's part of my game for sure. Um, here to protect my teammates, and um, I'm here to do everything that I can to to win. Um, never going to put my my team in a bad position. Um, never going to try and, and put them in, in a situation where you know I'm trying to be overly physical um, for my own benefit. But uh, I definitely will will uh, be that physical presence, that energy, and uh, I'm not afraid to drop the gloves. Um, I, I like again. I'm going to do everything I can to make this team win and, and earn the respect around the room. That's a role that Milan Lucic sort of played. He has a little bit flipped, flipped places. Do you hear from him at all? Talk to him. Ask him any advice about Calgary. Uh, we overlapped a little bit in Boston. Um, didn't talk much, but uh, he did text me yesterday and and um, wished me luck and everything and, and made sure that uh, I knew that if I needed anything or if uh, my wife needed anything, that he was there. So I, I appreciate that and I. I got texts from various guys around the league that I did play with earlier uh, in my career, or, you know, last year and stuff. So it, it's been uh, it's been a nice touch to to get um, some texts and calls from pretty much everyone. Have, have you ever visited Calgary or been here on non road trips before? Did you know anything about the city? No, the only uh, time I've been here was I think uh, when I was here with Colorado only once. So um, took a stroll down uh, this morning early just because the time change. I was up early and. Uh, walked from the hotel to here, just kind of breathing in the fresh air and, and trying to, to see the city a bit. So I, I like it so far. It's, it's a lot chiller than Boston. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you noticed the altitude difference? Uh, yeah, a little or? bit on the ice for sure. Okay. Um, but it's going to probably hit me in the next few days here. Have been on the ice for a season opener in a Canadian city before? I have not, no. Um, I did Boston last year, and that was a great season opener, but uh, I'm really excited to, to, to get things going tomorrow for sure. Who's your favorite team uh, to watch growing up? Um, obviously, coming, you know, living in Montreal, you're born into being a Habs fan, but I wouldn't technically say I'm a Habs fan. Um, you, you follow them around, you hear about them, you give your opinion. 
<laughs> but realistically, uh, I was an Alex Ovechkin fan all the way, and I just glued my my eyes to what he was doing all the time. So um, pretty much tribute what he did um, on TV and, and on, on YouTube to where I'm at today, to be honest. There you go, A.J. Greer, the newest member of the Calgary Flames, could make his Flames debut tomorrow when the Flames take on the Winnipeg Jets. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side, continuing our NHL season preview into Hour 2. Atlantic Division, Metro Division upcoming, plus our NHL awards and Flames MVP awards coming up into Hour 2 of the program. It's Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.